Welcome to the Proper Lookout Podcast, published by the Statutory Insurance Group of McCabe Kerwood. In this series, our CTP experts will discuss a range of topics, sharing their thoughts on an industry trend or an intriguing legal issue, explaining the intricacies of an important case, and hopefully imparting some of the knowledge that they have gained. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Proper Lookout Podcast. You're here with Helen Huang from the Statutory Insurance Team and Hamira Hadiri. Hi, Hamira. Hi, Helen. So what are we talking about today? So this is part three of the NDIS series. Today, we will be talking about what happens after the participant settles the claim does that participant remain on NDIS and will there be a preclusion period, which is similar to Centrelink? So what happens? Well, the usual situation is a claim will settle. Obviously, the insurer will have to repay NDIS the recovery amount, which is outlined in the preliminary notice or that was covered in part two about how NDIS issues that on the insurer. And then essentially the participant will either remain on NDIS or they don't. NDIS has the power to issue a compensation reduction amount and what that is is it's an amount that the national the National Disability Insurance Agency reduces the participants' funding for reasonable and necessary support to take into account the compensation that he or she has received. One interesting point is the compensation reduction amount is not a debt owed to the NDIA nor does it require a participant to make a payment to NDIA out of their compensation. So all that means is essentially the participant remains on NDIS benefits and NDIS essentially calculates a compensation reduction amount on the participant's funding So essentially, I guess they get to have the best of both worlds. So they get their compensation amount from the insurer once the matter has settled and they get to stay on NDIS, but obviously their payments will be reduced just for reasonable and necessary support. In what circumstances is a compensation reduction amount calculated? So a compensation reduction amount will be calculated if a participant sustains a personal injury. So you will see that this comes up in the scheme of motor vehicle accidents um, as we are in the statutory insurance team. We also see it come up in work injury damages claims and public liability claims. So essentially a compensation reduction amount is calculated when the participant has sustained a personal injury. Why is a compensation reduction amount calculated? The main point, and I guess we discuss this in NDIS part one, 
NDIS is designed to complement, not replace existing compensation arrangements for personal injury. NDIS is a federal scheme that assists individuals with impairments and disabilities to go on about their daily life. So the purpose of why a compensation reduction amount is calculated is to assist the participant still in their daily activities, even though they have received a compensation amount from their personal injury claim. Thanks, Helen. How is a compensation reduction amount calculated? So the compensation rules determine how a compensation reduction amount is calculated. It doesn't stipulate exactly how it is calculated. I think from reading the Act and the rules, they work a bit of magic and come up with a figure, but obviously that's not how it works. So what it essentially does is it just includes or calculates an amount that is consistent with the amount that's received for compensation and rules 3.11 and 3.12 articulate how the compensation reduction amount is calculated. Thanks Helen. So Helen, what happens if the compensation reduction amount is reduced to zero? So if the calculation of the compensation reduction amount is reduced to zero, the National Disability Insurance Agency is to record that the compensation or CRA is nil and then therefore that means there will be no reduction to the statement of the participant. And what that means is the participant will not have any CRA, so compensation reduction amount applied to their future statements. So essentially what that means is the benefits that they are receiving are not reduced and therefore they remain on the same entitlements or same payments as if the claim had not settled. Thanks, Helen. So what are the implications with respect to the new Act and obviously MACA files, MACA matters? <laughs> so as NDIS is a federal legislation, it impacts on the new Act and the old Act in the same way. The scheme is distributed by a federal Commonwealth legislation And it applies to both the new Act and the old Act equally. So if you have a new Act matter or a common law damages claim, my interpretation of the NDIS scheme would be essentially the same. They would receive a notice, the insurer would have to pay the amount, it may or may not be reduced by the discretion of the CEO of NDIS and then once the matter settles, ultimately NDIS may be able to apply a compensation ACRA, reducing the amount. So it's applicable to both the new Act and the old Act in the exact application as it were between the Acts. Thanks Helen. 
Thanks, Hamira. And that's part three of NDIS. I hope you all enjoyed our three-part series on this Commonwealth monster of an act. The act is actually 200 pages long and um, there are numerous rules and operational guidelines that's been published to assist everyone in understanding how it all works together. Thank you for your time listening. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Proper Lookout podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. For more information on anything discussed, please contact Peter Hunt at peter.hunt at or visit our website to see McCabe Kerwood's full team of specialists.